minds are so powerful that what we focus on reverberates through every aspect of our lives. So why not see what happens when we put our attention on all the good things people are doing? Join me for the good with Teresa G as we start a ripple effect by focusing on all the greatness in the world. One of the many things I admire about Hannah Lee Clemenson is that from my view, she doesn't let her blindness hold her back. She just left a very small town in Montana on a full ride scholarship to California for her first year of college. Woohoo! And she has consistently nav- navigated through life with such an upbeat attitude and has pushed herself to go outside of her comfort zone, even when things become hard. Hi, Hannah. Hi. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here with us today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. So tell us about this big move to California. You're going to Dominican University. Congratulations for getting a full ride. (laughs) Thank you. It's it's beautiful. And I really I feel like I'm I'm really thriving here, honestly. Like my classes are are wonderful. Um, it's very different from Montana. I'm not going to lie. Like there's a, I mean, a lot of people like to say that Bozeman is like a, a, a tiny California and it's, it's not true. There's a lot of things here that are super different. <laughs> really? Like what? Oh, just like everything that people hate about Bozeman is just amplified here. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's whole foods everywhere. And <laughs> yeah, but busy, um, I mean, busy, busy, I, busy. Is it busy there? Is it, are you in a very populated place? So like I'm in a suburb kind of, I'm in San Rafael, which is like a suburb of San Francisco and I'm rather close to downtown. So you can walk um, to the downtown area and there it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty bustling. It's cute. It's very cute. Well, that's sort of fun coming from a small town. Yeah, exactly. I mean, people here are like, oh, we're still living in a small town. I'm like, no, man, you don't understand small town. I mean, I was from a town of a thousand people, you know, so... (laughs) Yeah, that's a huge difference. Did you decide, um, are you still majoring in Spanish? I thought that that was your goal or what are you, what's your major? My major is international studies with a focus in Latin America and then a Spanish minor. And what's your long-term goal with that? Did you you Um, talked about becoming a translator? Is that still your goal? What I want to do is, um, also I'm I'm thinking about, um, declaring a pre or a a pre-law minor as well. And well, then um, eventually going to law school and becoming a, a citizenship rights lawyer kind of is kind of a big thing for me. Or I might actually go into politics, but I just, I really want to be involved with the, um, the, the um, America's Southern border, right? Because I feel like there is a lot of really crazy stuff going down there that um, nobody knows the true um, amplitude of, of what's all happening down there. And there's a lot of misinformation and I want to, I want to know what's really happening. That is, that's really admirable. And so did all these recent events inspire that interest or have you had definitely, a... Definitely. Not to mention that um, I was at a, at, a, at a blindness training program um, a summer, like two summers ago. And while I was there, I encountered these, these, uh, these two students that entered the program and they were, they were blind like I am. And, um, but they also didn't speak any English, right? Um, cause they were recently, um, forced to leave their home in Puerto Rico by the hurricane Maria that had just like decimated the entire Island. And they're still like without power. Um, most of the Island is still without power even today. And, um, the, 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 uh, the idea that these, these two blind youths, um, could not speak English 
was just really upsetting to me because as a blind person, like literally your entire existence is based on verbal communication because you can't read body language like most um, people who come to America without any English do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just found that very upsetting. I'm like, man, it must be terrible to be a person with disabilities trying to go through customs, right? Like, and I just, I really want to help in that situation too, as a, as a, as a advocate for, for blind people as well. Wow. What an interesting perspective. I would have never even thought about that, I but yeah, either. of course that has <laughs> to be so isolating. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Obviously you have some great compassion. So I have to tell my audience that Hannah has been an amazing singer ever since she, I don't know, ever since you could talk. I I suppose. (laughs) And so she's like spent, she's spent a lot of her childhood traveling around and singing at events. And, um, she just has amazing, um, voice and we're going to actually uh, play some of her music at the end of the podcast, which we're excited about, but did you, so when did you realize, what do you, what's your first memory of loving to sing and recognizing that you were good at it? Uh, whoa. I remember when I was in kindergarten, we had this really good music teacher in in my town and she was only there for two years because nothing good can stay but um she was great (laughs) and um one time she because I I'd been singing like you know with all the kindergartners right and she's like you know you you're you're a really good singer and I was like oh who knew and um she wanted me to learn the national anthem and sing it at um our basketball game right and like one of our home games and I I'd never like heard the national anthem before, but she like sat down with me at the piano and she played it out and she told me all the lyrics and she showed me how to sing it. And it was like a long process, (laughs) but, um, eventually I got it down, you know, and then, and then she was like, can you sing that on Friday night? So I did. And, um, it was just really interesting because I'd never really thought of myself as a, as a singer before, you know, I'd sing all the time, but I didn't know that I was, any, any, any more uh, good at it <laughs> than, than most people. And that was just a really eye-opening experience and it was really fun. And I've been doing it ever since. What do you love the most about um, being on stage and, stage and singing? Singing is just like second nature to me. Like, I mean, I'm always singing, like I'm, I'm, I'm doing my laundry and I'm singing or I'm doing my homework and I'm singing, you know, but being on stage is a whole different thing, you know, because I, <laughs> I love attention. I really do. And <laughs> it's like, um, it just, I'm a totally different version of myself when I'm, when I'm presenting myself, uh, like I am on stage. And it's like just a freer, um, more entertaining, more, um, flamboyant version of myself. And it's just, it's really fun to, to let that person exist for a second. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's fun to listen to. Thank you. <laughs> and a, a side note for everyone is that singing all the time is one of the, one of those key things you can do for wonderful long-term brain health. So yes. Hannah, you're going to have a great brain for a long time if you're singing all the time. I hope so. <laughs> so over the years and as, as you have matured, um, what has become the thing you love the most about being blind? So this would be a hard question to answer just a few years ago, you know. Um, but lately I've really begun to one, uh, to, to understand two really wonderful things about blindness. One is that I just perceive the world in an entirely different way because I have to move through the world at a much slower and more attentive 
manner, right? Because you have to constantly be listening and observing to make sure that it's safe to uh, like cross the street or, you know, there's just all these, all these things that you have to be constantly paying attention to. And because you're paying attention to those things, you're also paying attention to these like beautiful little experiences that a lot of people don't take the time to appreciate, you know, like, like birds, of course, and like the smells of trees and, and dirt and flowers and how things feel and how the breeze is. It's just, um, there's so much in the world that you, that you have to pay attention to. Um, cause you don't, if you hurry through things, you tend to get in trouble because <laughs> mm-hmm. blind and people don't hurry very well. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And the thought, and I'm imagining so that you have probably a deeper connection to the seasons and the changes of nature because you're really sort of absorbing it exactly. when you're out there. Exactly. And this is a thing that I find common among a bunch of, a bunch of blind people. Like um, me and my, my boyfriend, who's also blind, we're talking a little while ago. And I was like, man, do you ever just like stand in the bathroom and run like hot water over your hands for like 10 minutes just because it's like a a good time, you know? And it's just, it's just a thing that a lot of blind people do just like experiencing sensations and, um, and all kinds of, you know what I mean? Just Mm -hmm. sensory stuff, you know? And then the other thing that I really appreciate about blindness is the blind community, right? I wasn't involved in the blindness community until just this year. And I went to the National Federation of the Blind Convention in Las Vegas. And like, I had the most amazing time because I was just in this huge, like Las Vegas hotel. And it was incredible because it was just a bunch of like, we were, we were all just, I mean, lost, but it was so much fun. (laughs) And it was so wonderful spending time with so many blind people and not having to worry about looking dumb when you walk off the elevator and like looking in all the different directions to see where you're supposed to go. You know, it was just so wonderful just being able to be myself and not worry about it, you know? And that's Mm -hmm. how I feel every time I'm around the the blindness community. It's just, it's, it's a totally different way of interacting and existing in, in the world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe sort of like a belonging. Exactly. It's so wonderful community of just feeling like yeah. you don't have to really explain yourself. Yes. You don't have to explain your disability and it's, and it's wonderful. And it's just, it's so much fun. Not to mention that it's just like, there's so many great learning opportunities, you know, because there's a lot of ways I can improve as a blind person. And I didn't know that until this year either. So I, I realized that I've got a long way to go before I can be as independent as, um, as I'd like to be. And that was a really eye-opening experience as well. Wow. Cause it seems like you're, you're so independent, but with the technology <laughs> and so many things, I'm sure I can't even conceptualize it. I mean, I thought so too, but I mean, then I met a whole bunch of people who are way better at everything than me. And I'm like, oh boy, I've got a, I've got a ways <laughs> to go, but you know, it's good to have room to grow, you know? Yes. We're all, I mean, I think we're all at that place where exactly. we always have room to grow. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. We, we've almost covered this, but so just with your wanting to st- have a law degree or international studies, and then um, you, you want to continue growing, mm-hmm. is there any other current goals and aspirations that you're looking towards right now? I'm honestly having a lot of, 
a lot of social issues right now that I'm trying to overcome because I've never really had to go out in the community and completely make new relationships. And I'm having a lot of trouble with that. And so I'm always like aspiring to be, to be better at those kind of things and more confident mm-hmm. in myself as a, as a social person, you know what I mean? And the freshman year can be hard with that because you're in a whole new space. You're with a whole new group of people mm-hmm. and it's sort of like navigating, well, like which group of people do I want to get to know? Because exactly. there's so many different options and just like trying to find your niche at school. Exactly. Exactly. I can remember that. I remember <laughs> that experience, even though it was decades and decades ago. <laughs> it's, it's rougher than I ever imagined it would be, but I think I'm beginning to get settled in. So hopefully we're on the uphill swing now. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> Many people don't have a disability, but are still afraid to live their dreams. And what would you say to those people? I mean, I'm still afraid to live a lot of my dreams. There's nothing wrong with being afraid, you know? It's just the point. The thing is that you have to, it's all right with, it's all, it's all right to be, to be frightened to do things. And eventually, eventually you'll get tired of being scared. And when you do, you have to tell yourself, okay, this is this is the point where things are going to change and I can move in a more beneficial direction toward what I want to do you know like as as humans we will eventually um we'll just eventually get tired of the place we're in and we'll like (laughs) I just think that a lot of overcoming fear will happen naturally it's just allowing that natural procession progression (laughs) to happen you know and um just just telling yourself that no matter what inhibitions you have, things will be okay because you've already made it a really long ways. And if you've made it that far, then you can probably make it a little, a little more. When you were packing to move to California, were, mm-hmm. how did you feel? Did you feel pretty fearful or were you excited? I was very excited when I moved out here, honestly. Um, I was kind of fearful about um, navigating the campus because it's a really... I mean, it's a very small campus, but it's also a very curvy campus, if, if I do say mm. so. It's very, like, there's a lot of paths and stuff, and it's very easy to get turned around. So I was like, oh, this that is That makes a, sense with a, the curves. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> they, it's a blind make... person's nightmare, dude. <laughs> I was really concerned. Yeah. But... Um, I'm never going to look at curvy paths the same. Exactly. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, my campus is beautiful, and I, I adore the curviness of it now. <laughs> <laughs> and um so I was really scared about that honestly um but I was really optimistic about um being in a new place and just like I was really proud of myself for for coming here when most people in my town haven't left the state and I mean it's okay to not leave the state I mean I don't have anything against people that don't and sometimes I wonder if I should have stayed home you know but I really, I do think I'm in the right place and I'm really proud of myself for, for being here. I'm proud of you too. Thank and you. I know lots of other people who are too. So. <laughs> what do you want everyone to know about being blind? That, I mean, this is pretty stereotypical, but that it's not what, it's, it's not something that holds you back. I mean, blind people can do a lot of things that I didn't even know they could do. Like, I never knew that blind people could navigate an airport by themselves, you know, but I've seen blind people just like strolling around in this, in, in airports and airports terrifying, let me tell you, but they just, they just do it, you know, and I'm not at that level yet. 
but I will be someday. And, um, there's just so much that, that blind people can do. It just, it just amazes me. I've even seen like blind people who are like cosmetologists, no joke. It's, it's incredible what we can do. And, um, I'm not going to lie. A lot of blind people also have other disabilities, right? Um, same with a lot. I mean, most disabilities are paired with others, right? So it's, it's quite Mm -hmm. rare that you meet a person with only, with only one disability, especially when it's like blindness and deafness. So uh, the blind people that have other disabilities tend to, without intending to make the blind community look less self-sufficient than it really is because they have a lot of other issues going on that, I mean, like it's, it's not their fault, of course. And, but it's also, it's always a, a thing in the blind community. Like, do we want to be perceived on the same level as these people with um, multi multiple disabilities, you know, or do we want to detach ourselves from them? Do we want to, like, of course we want to welcome them in our community, but we also don't want to be perceived as needing more help than we really do because they associate us with the needs of those people. Um, Mm. And so just pretty much every blind person is different. And when you meet a blind person, you can't expect them to meet. I mean, you just, they probably don't need as much help as, as you're wanting to give them and offering them to, I mean, offering them help is always so, it's always so kind and it's usually very much appreciated, but never insist on getting it, you know? And that's the same with, with most disabilities is never insist on help on helping them. Did you feel like you had a community in the, or that you could reach out to other blind people in the small town that you grew up in? Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, Mm. The blind, the school for the blind in in Montana is, I'm not going to lie. I have a lot of problems with it. I've raised my concerns to the like the board of that school multiple times, but I just, I don't like how they, how they run and how they equip blind people for the future. I don't think it's good at all. So that was like a non-existent resource for me that really should have been there. And then, um, not to mention that there's just like not a lot of blind people in the, in the state, especially in, in my area, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. just, they're, they're hard to find. (laughs) But eventually I, what happened is I like applied for a scholarship through the National Federation of the Blind. And though I didn't get the scholarship, it put me in communication with the president of the Montana chapter of the National Federation. And then he's the one who was like telling me I need to go to convention. And I'm like, oh, you're probably right. And, and then was when I really began to find a, a real community with, with the blind. And now I have a bunch of blind friends and I really feel like I can call a lot of them and ask for, for help when I'm having trouble with technology or, or navigation here at campus, you know. That's such a awesome thing that you were able to find that community, even though, you know, they might not have been like right next door, but just yeah. having that community through, through digital uh, media mm-hmm. um, seem to really lift you up and also help to to inspire to sort of step out of your comfort zone even more. Exactly, exactly. Um, once I knew that I had such a community out here, because like most of my um, most of my blind people are around this area. Like I could go see most of them, and I have seen a couple of them since I've been here. And so, like oh, that's knowing, knowing that I have that that 
that web of people here just made it so much easier to move out here because I knew if they made it, then I can most definitely make it, you know? It always comes back to that. It seems to on the show, it always comes back to that web of people, the mm-hmm. community that you have around you. It's true. It's, it's the most important thing, you know? So a question I ask everyone okay. um, on the show is what is something you do every day to be your best self? Something I do every day. Okay. Honestly, singing. I, I mean, I, I sing all the time and it just, it makes me so happy. And it's um, something that I, I know I'm good at and I know I can actually express myself with that. And so like singing is definitely very, very therapeutic for me. And even here, like I close my door and I grab my guitar and I just, I play for like 30 minutes and it's just very therapeutic. Um, and then also like just taking time in the morning um, before I go to class, I like wake up and I like, go through Facebook for a few minutes and I just sit and I, I, I settle my thoughts and then I get some coffee. You know, it's just, it's just taking time to be calm and be centered in the morning before you go off and, and greet the day because rolling out of bed and going to class is um, just not ever a good thing. <laughs> I've done it a couple of times, not going to lie, but it's, it's just, it's not a good fit for me because <laughs> it just offsets my entire day. So I really like to take that time for myself. And that's very helpful for me. I'm not surprised you mentioned singing. And it seems pretty common that taking time for yourself in the morning is what a lot of people do to just help prepare them for the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I wanted to talk about um, when I'd asked you what you want people to take away from this podcast. You said that the world, especially the natural one, is filled with tiny experiences that make people, especially in the modern age, don't take time to appreciate fully. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that and give us some examples? Okay. Well, like I said, like just being a blind person, you have to take the world very slowly, you know, Um, and you have to experience it in a, in a very sensory way, you know, with, with all the senses besides vision. So like, I don't know when I'm like walking by a tree or something, you know, you feel the shade and then oftentimes I'll like reach out and grab a leaf, you know, and just like hold it in my hands and smell it. You know, the world is so much more than just looking at it. You know, there's like four other, other ways of perceiving that people just don't use all the time, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, it's just so important to like absorb the world through all the ways that we are capable of, of using. Um, because if you experience the world on only one plane, then you're only getting like a portion of its beauty, you know? And if you absorb it in, in all the ways you can, then you're getting a much more full and, um, detailed and interesting view of it, you know? And so I think it's just really valuable for people to experience the world in all the ways that they can and take it very slowly and just really savor the things that are wonderful. like. The, the breeze in the morning and the sun on your hair. And um, there's so many wonderful things in the world that we don't look at much. And I think that's so sad. Well, that is a great lesson and challenge for all of us to, as we're walking today or as we're outside or even inside, mm-hmm. to grab hold of things and really absorb the textures and the smells and really enter that those other dimensions like Hannah suggests and I just love that so much Hannah so thank you so much for inspiring that with us and thank you so much for coming on the show thank you so much it's been wonderful 
It's been wonderful to have you and listen to Hannah. She's coming right on up next. Teresa Gabrielle, and you've been listening to The Good with Teresa G. You can follow The Good with Teresa G on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, go to the Apple Podcast and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another inspiring conversation. Thank you for listening.